Well, as you can see, I'm not Pastor Dave. Uh, he's over in Moldova. I think he actually has a little colder environment than what we have this morning. I, did, I wasn't expecting 27 degrees when I walked outside my, my front door this morning. I was a little chilly and I only had a little light jacket on. But fortunately, I only live two minutes from here and didn't have to walk outside very much. But uh, pray for Dave as he's over in Moldova over the next, I guess, two and a half weeks or so. Um, the staff has us holding the fort down here at, at Grace, but uh, Dave, Dave's leadership is missed. And um, just continue to pray for him as he's doing and teaching over in Moldova. Speaking of travel, one thing about myself, I've had the, the pleasure being blessed to be able to experience worship in many different environments. Whether it's in a, uh, a secluded hidden house in Morocco, right across the street from a mosque that's playing the prayers over the loudspeaker every two or three hours, I can't remember what it is, and being in the midst of a worship service, worshiping the one true God and hearing the prayers going across the loudspeaker, or whether it's in a mountainside in, in Haiti in a little hut and seeing people stand up and, praise their, and raise their hands and singing about how much they love, the joy they have for our God, our Creator, or whether it's out hunting and then they a deer blind, and looking out over creation and being able to give thanks and honor and praise back to my God about the beauty that he has created. Or the weather at seeing my friend that's a blacksmith spend hours and hours hammering a piece of steel and metal to create something, a work of art, because she's using the gifts and talents that God's given him with a love and passion to praise and glorify him through his daily life, that's worship. Or whether it's walking in these doors each and every Sunday morning and seeing your faces and being in the room with you and to be able to worship and give praise and glory and honor back to our one true God. Whatever situation and environment it is, true worship happens not by the substance, or not by the environment, but by the substance. I heard a quote this week, which was kind of good, and I wanted to share it with you this morning. Boiling water will make a potato soft. Boiling water will also make an egg hard. It's not about the environment. It's about the substance. And so when we walk into the presence of God to worship him and give praise back to him, what is our substance? That's what we're going to talk about this morning. So in order to do that, in this whole reflection on worship, we first have to look at who did Jesus welcome to worship? Who did Jesus welcome to worship? Jesus welcomed people of all ages. In the first chapter of John, we see adults encouraged to worship Jesus. Peter and Andrew are invited to follow Jesus. In Mark 9, Jesus welcomes children into his presence. And then in Matthew 21, we see a multitude of people, adults and children, here's that word again, shouting praise to Jesus. People of all ages are encouraged to worship God. Jesus welcomed all ethnicities. We will see an example of this later later on the message but when we look at the story of the Samaritan woman and Jesus, he welcomed all ethnicities. 
Jesus welcomed all social statuses, thank goodness. Whether a fisherman or a tax collector, a religious leader, a poor widow, he welcomed with open arms. This is an interesting bunch when I look out among this room. The view from this side of the room is interesting. You ever wanted to be up here and look on this side of the room and see all the different smiles? Some people are smiling. Some people are looking up here like, what is this guy doing? That's not Dave. I wanted Dave. But you can see all walks of life and statuses of the week and how the week has been by looking out on this bunch of people. It's kind of interesting. So take a moment. Look around. Let's look at it. This is a wild group of people in this room right now. Look around. Wild group of people. And I know you have to lump me into that group as well. We're a wild bunch. Thank goodness. But praise God, Jesus welcomes us, the questionable people. All right? Are you questionable? I'm questionable. I question whether or not I should even be up here every week because I know me. We're questionable people, but I thank God that he welcomes us into this place. Jesus welcomes all people to worship him. For it is in the presence of Jesus that we find redemption, healing, and peace. All that is all right, right? This morning before service, I'm all walking around, look like an ant running around to try to do things. And someone caught me and said, take a deep breath. This morning, I want you to take a deep breath. You're in the presence of a God that provides the peace. So take a deep breath. You see, I have an overwhelming feeling and desire to see Grace Bible Church, this body of Christ, filled to capacity each and every week when we walk into these doors. But I also have that same desire for First Baptist Church, Georgetown, Church at Somerset, Messiah Ehod, River Rock Bible, Hill Country Church, Crestview, Celebration, Austin Stone, the Methodist Church in town, the Church of Christ here in town. I have that desire for every single church in this community and other cities that proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. Not because of numbers. And not because we have great music or the great style or Pastor Dave's a great speaker or I'm somewhat, I can speak, but not a very great, good one. Not because of any of that. It's because we proclaim Jesus Christ each and every week when we walk into these doors. It's because we have access to the throne of God. We're hurting souls, the questionable people just like ourselves can come and be made whole by the one who has the power to heal. So my question to you this morning, did you walk in these doors expecting the supernatural to happen to heal you? Or did you walk in the doors expecting something spectacular to happen? To meet your preference. Did you come here this morning for the supernatural to occur to heal you? Or did you come here this morning for the spectacular to happen so you can be satisfied in your preference? 
In our worship, God can do miracles. God reveals his promises. And God is supernatural. All he wants from us in return is praise. The Old Testament prophet understood the concept and responded this way. Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, the the produce of the olive fell, and the, yields no, and the fields yield no food. The flock be cut off from the fold, and there will be no herd in the stalls. Yet I rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. Is that why we entered this room this morning? William Cooper was an English poet and hymn writer who spent his whole life dealing with depression. I know many of you in this room deal with depression on a daily basis. I have family members that deal with depression on a daily basis. But William Cooper, although he was in and out of mental institutions, he he met a local pastor named John Newton. Newton saw what Jesus saw in Cooper. Newton saw what Jesus saw in Cooper, and wanted to help him release that through the gifts and talents that Cooper had in songwriting and poetry. They co-wrote numerous hymns, which included Newton's Amazing Grace. Cooper worshipped and praised God in the midst of his daily struggles of depression. The light always broke through the darkness, which led Cooper to write this poem that was called, Sometimes a Light Surprises. Taken from that same scripture I just read. Though vine nor fig tree neither, their wanted fruit should bear. Though all the fields should wither, nor flocks nor herds be there. Yet God the same abiding, his praise shall tune my voice. For while I'm in him confining, I cannot, key word there, I cannot but rejoice. So Jesus welcomes all worshipers, everybody. But how should we worship? Let's look at that question, how should we worship? As you see from the scripture and from Cooper, worship calls for participation. The Hebrew word for worship means to bow down, while the most common Greek word for worship means to kiss the hand toward. To bow down and to kiss the hand toward. It requires an act, a participatory act. Worship is not passive. Worship must originate from the heart but cannot stay within the heart. Worship only in the heart is passive, while worship that is only action is rote and empty. Worship that celebrates takes effort and requires participation and energy. God desires worship that is heart and action. God is looking for worshipers. For the eyes of the Lord move to and fro 
throughout the earth that he may strongly support those whose heart is completely his. That's in 2 Chronicles 16.9. In John chapter 4, Jesus meets a woman at the well and strikes up a conversation. The conversation evolved to a subject of worship. It started, but started by Jesus building a bridge by asking for some water. She didn't, she didn't expect a Jewish man to ask a Samaritan woman for anything. After they discussed living water, she said, I perceive you are a prophet. Jesus had just told her about the first five marriages, and now she was living with a man she was currently not married to. She noticed Jesus was different, but because of that, she changed the subject immediately. The prefer, she preferred a religious debate over personal conduct and a personal dialogue. Isn't that much like us? When God starts to make us uncomfortable, we want to turn the conversation to change the subject. She said in John 4.20, Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, and you people say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. She turned the conversation into religious statement. Much like we do with the order of service, with the type of sound, with how loud the volume is, or whether it's too bright in here, whether it's too dark in here, whether I prefer him over him, whether I like his message over his message. Jesus turned the question around. Jesus said to her, Women, woman, believe me, an hour is coming when neither in this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know. For salvation is from the Jews. But an hour is coming and now is when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For such people, the Father seeks to be his worshipers. You see, God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. If our desire, if our desire is wrong when we approach, approach worship, our worship will be wrong. God knows us. Just like he knew the Samaritan woman. He loves and provides a sufficient grace anyways. He approaches us boldly. So let approach, let's approach him boldly. Jesus is to be the focus of our worship. Salvation is not about keeping a set of rules or understanding deep theological concepts. Salvation is a relationship with Jesus Christ. The Samaritan woman proclaimed that the Messiah was coming. I wonder what it felt like in that moment to understand and know that she was in the presence of God and the Messiah. I who speak to you am he, he said. The encounter with Jesus changed her life forever. In our worship, does our heart and action and worship that God desires reflect the celebration that a Messiah is coming? Is Jesus speaking to you today? Is he in your personal space?
And is he making you uncomfortable? I can tell you numerous times I've been in, in a worship service, whether it was in Morocco, whether it was in Haiti, whether it was in Taiwan, whether it was on a hundred acres in a deer blind, whether it was in my bedroom, whether it was watching my friend hammer metal, there have been times in my life where Jesus has made me uncomfortable. Because in that uncomfortableness, he says, remember those words, I want you to sacrifice yourself in order for me to work through you? He starts to reveal the things in my life to sacrifice. Because he desires to live through me. He desires for me to participate in giving praise, honor, and glory back to him. He desires for me to get on the knee and bow down. He desires for me to lift out and kiss his hand that he has with open arms and opening up for me. He desires for me to participate in worship. Worship is not confined to a specific place or action. In public gatherings, you will experience great times of public worship. But remember, to take what you learn in public into your private life. Jesus said worship is not about places sacred by religion. The why we worship is more important than where we worship. Worship is to be our lives serving God and with our lips praising God. God seeks those who truly worship Him wholeheartedly. And here's the key. Worship is spirit and truth. Some believe, and I think some even in this room, that worship is all truth. However, Jesus said twice that real worship included both spirit and truth. Knowing who Christ is and what he has done is knowing truth. Truth is a person. Truth is God. Truth is Jesus Christ. We embrace truth with great humility because truth without heart can be arrogant and divisive. Truth alone results in dry and dusty legalism. Jesus came to deliver us from the law and not just strong opinions. You can take the word of God and twist it to pretty much to prove anything. We have, we have seen examples of, from that over the years that God's word is life to those who are looking for Christ, not death. I will tell you this morning, if you came here looking for truth and truth, truth alone in worship, you can make whatever words coming out of my, my mouth fit whatever preference you want in the truth that you have. You can hear any words that I say coming from and make it fit into your truth. If you're seeking truth and truth alone in your worship. Truth alone can be very dangerous. Truth alone is a person that says, I am not getting fed when I walk into my Sunday morning services at my church. And therefore, because I'm not getting fed when I walk into my Sunday morning services at church, I no longer need church. I have the truth in the scriptures. I'll just, I'll just do church in my own, in my house. I don't need people. I have God. I have the truth. That's not what God desires of us. He desires us to worship in spirit and in truth. But for other people, 
Worship can be frenzied, emotional experience. Although it may feel good, worship can feel like eating cotton candy. There is not real nutritional value, but it feels really nice in your mouth. When we worship in spirit alone, our experience turns into emotionalism. Jesus said both spirit and truth are present in real worship, and God looks for those worshipers. If you come on a Sunday morning and you don't get the emotional high that you've been expecting because you separated out the truth and you're just looking for the spirit alone, that's not what God wants in true worshipers. Here's what God wants in his worshipers. Jesus informed us about the Holy Spirit when he said, the spirit of truth comes. He will guide you into all the truth. The spirit will guide you into truth. He will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will disclose to you what is to come. Great experiences, exciting singing, quality music, waving hands, and even falling on the floor to pray are not necessarily spirit and truth and worship. Those are symptoms of spirit and truth worship. But coming to worship service to do those things alone, you may be coming to experience worship on spirit alone. And that's a real dangerous thing. We cannot approach worship as spirit alone. We cannot approach worship as truth alone. We have to have spirit and truth. When both spirit and truth are part of worship experience, there will always be, and I will express that again, there will always be a sense of love for one another. There will always be a sense of love for one another when we walk in these doors and when we walk out of those doors. There will always be a sense of joy. There will always be a sense of joy. There will always be a sense of celebration. Are y'all ready to celebrate? All the people said... Are you ready to celebrate? Do you believe you have true joy? Do you love the person, the unquestionable one, sitting to your left and to your right? Do you love the unquestionable one that is not yet walking through these doors, but there's an empty seat sitting right next to you for them? Then when we approach worship and when we approach our Sunday mornings, whether it's a 9 a.m. or a 10.30 a.m. or whether it's a Wednesday night 6.30 prayer service, we approach it because we are approaching God's throne with joy and celebration and love and an excitement about our true God. We approach it with with spirit and in truth and we cannot help but come in here and be excited and to shout and proclaim that he is our God. No matter if you've had a death in the family this week, or you're suffering through depression like Cooper was, and he writes that song that was mentioned, that poem that was mentioned earlier and read earlier, joy will never go away. Happiness will be fleeting. Joy will never go away. A focus on worship often at times make people feel uncomfortable in their personal worship. But also in the body of Christ, 
in a corporate worship. I'm going to ask you a question. And remember, sometimes when I ask questions, I want you to actually say something back to me. Have you ever walked into this place in a corporate worship setting and felt uncomfortable by something that's gone on in the service? My question is, for those that said yes, is that okay? Because why? Why is that okay now? Because I approach his throne each and every time knowing that I have grace and love for my one Savior and it's going to produce in me always joy and celebration and I will always approach his throne with truth and spirit. So I'm going to ask the question again. Have you ever come into this place right here and felt uncomfortable with something that's gone on in this service? And Is that okay? You see, I don't think God works in our preferences. God works when we say, God, you work in the supernatural, not in the spectacular. Therefore, because you're already doing this to me, I will do this to you. I will participate with joy and celebration. Those hands that you have outstretched to me, I will take your hand, Jesus, and kiss your hand, because I know in you I have life forever. What if we approached our worship, whether corporate or personal, like that each and every day? When you add human fears and preferences into a worship conversation, things can get really messy. However, keeping these fears in perspective is critical to the future of a supernatural movement of God. It's okay to have fears. You want to talk about fear? Being in an environment for 15 years and walking into a new one. Lots of fear. Doesn't make my perspective right or wrong. It makes it a perspective. But I know when I walk into this place, we're in a community that's going to walk in here together as the body, as the bride of Christ, to say, God, we are here this morning. Let's celebrate. Let's shout. Let's proclaim your goodness. You see, my biggest concern is for people who are okay with God, yet are resistant to going deeper with Him in his presence, in their worship. Just like prayer and being willing to pray to our God that his will be done in our lives, God may be asking us the same thing within our worship. He may have miracles he wants to reveal to us all. All of us here at Grace Bible in our worship. But we have been unwilling to look at Jesus in the face to be uncomfortable before Jesus, look at him in the face and have him truly reveal what is inside of us, just like he revealed to the Samaritan woman. He may have miracles he wants to reveal to us. He knows the pain, the addiction, the lies, the cheating, the apathy, the idols, and so on and so forth, the preferences that we have in our hearts. But he doesn't see it. He doesn't see it. Not even the preferences that you have for worship. 
He doesn't see it. Because all he wants is this. And to take your, his hand. And to worship him. You are a new creation. He wants you to walk with him in spirit and in truth in our worship together. And trust him that he will reveal to you about who you are now and who you are going to be. Listen to me. Real worship will never keep God at a distance. When you worship God in spirit and in truth, you will never keep God at a distance. God will get uncomfortably close as he did with the Samaritan woman. God will get in your personal space and begin to rearrange your life because now God and Jesus are starting to live through you. Work past the discomfort. Watch and be amazed what he will do in your life, your worship, our worship. And here's my promise, and we're going to make a promise together. I promise, Doug promises, Dave promises, this worship team promises, the media team in the back, the children's area, everyone that's involved on a Sunday morning, you promise. Worship in itself and what we do, the method of it, and how we express it may not always be spectacular, and that is my promise. What we do here may not always be spectacular. But what I will promise is that it will always be supernatural. And what I will promise is that we will always be before God's throne. So can we promise together, each and every one of us, right here and right now, that we will approach his throne in our worship together, that we will seek the supernatural and not the spectacular. I've already promised it will never be spectacular, so don't come seeking it. But come seeking the supernatural. So together we won't look to be wowed by something impressive or a service designed just in the right way. But we seek after a supernatural presence of God. We seek him close. We seek to sacrifice, to be made uncomfortable so we can rejoice and celebrate. We seek to actually shout in a church service and and it makes me feel uncomfortable, and I don't know why I'm doing it, but my gosh, I'm going to proclaim his goodness. Together, we won't look to be wild. We will seek him close. We will seek to sacrifice, we, to become uncomfortable, so, we, so he can reveal to us who he really is. In our worship, we will thirst for grace, come desperate and needy to receive from the Lord and the body of Christ, the church. Will you make a promise to me that we will come into here to seek the supernatural and to respect to receive something from the bride of Christ, the church? And if we do this together, make a promise together that we will seek the supernatural and not the spectacular, if we will always approach God on the throne with truth and spirit, I think, I think it will look a little something like what we see and read in Psalm 100. Can you guys pray with me? Dear Lord, I know you, uh, as I prepared this message, you made me uncomfortable. There are some things in my life 
is in terms of approaching your throne. That was, I, you recognized in myself that it was a preference of mine. So if I'm to approach your throne in spirit and in truth, some of those preferences may have to be set aside. Some of those things where I myself were seeking the spectacular may have to be set aside. Because I'm going to seek you, the supernatural. And Lord, together as the body, as Grace Bible Church this morning, together we want to proclaim to you that each and every time we, we step foot of these doors, or each and every time we agree to meet together as the body, we will worship you in spirit and in truth. We will expect supernatural things to happen because you are the God that is supernatural. You provided us love, grace, power, and you provide us joy that will never go away. So Lord, may, as we end this service, may we give shout and praises back to you and may we celebrate. Because you are God. You are our king. You are our creator. And you are the everlasting sustainer. In Jesus' name, amen.